This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello and welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. I'm Skylar Sokol. I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And today we have a special guest. (laughs) He he was so ready, but it's okay. Our special guest is Josh, the mysterious third member of KO Koala Entertainment. There he is. I highly recommend if you're listening to this on audio that you check out the YouTube video or the Twitch VOD <laughs> so you can see the quality of Josh's webcam because I'm pretty sure it came from the year 1998. <laughs> it's time traveling webcam right It's here. amazing. Um, all right. So uh, what are we talking about today, Anthony? So last week for everybody, we talked part one on narrative design. We talked about how the fuck do people make video game stories when this this filthy player gets in the middle with their autonomy and screws up the perfect plan that all these great writers have and the difficulties they have the strengths that video games have that meet that the video game medium has in making stories more immersive all this good stuff now we wanted to get mr broncoli in here not just because he's very cool and should be here as much as possible but because he's played um different kinds of games definitely than i've played josh um why don't you give us a a a brief synopsis on some of your favorite narrative you know favorite stories in games uh oh well uh well as you well as you guys know uh i tend to play jrpgs rpgs kind of these kinds of games that have more lengthy stories, right? Uh, so some of my favorite games are, would be like first the Persona series, uh, Radiant Historia, uh, which is a little lesser known, a little gem. Uh, actually, one of my favorite games. I'm a sucker for anything with time travel. Uh. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're so a Doctor Who that, guy. <laughs> yes, I'm a Doctor Who yeah, yeah, guy. Yeah. Uh, also, in that kind of line of thought, Steins Gate. It's my favorite anime, yes. but I've never played the uh, VN. The, game, the visual novel is better. That's what I've heard. The visual novel is better, yeah. I actually tried to watch the anime first, and I was just confused by the first episode, so I went and played the visual novel, and it was much The first time I watched Steingate, I watched it with someone who had played the VN, so he answered all the questions I had. Uh, yeah. How's the Netflix adaptation? Oh, God. It was is- good. Wait, is there one? Is there another? No. Is there another? I don't think so. There are. There are a lot of animes though. There's like that's live action mean. for a lot of animes now. It's ridiculous. Um. Yeah. Anyway, so that's. Have you? Uh. Just one quick JRPG question before we move on. Have you played Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam Gaiden? I have not. What is you that? Should play it. <laughs> I should. That's all I'll say. It's free. Okay. Everyone who hasn't played it, okay. play Charles Barkley's Shut Up and Jam Gaiden. Um, the premise is that Charles Barkley had to do the chaos dunk to win a basketball game, which caused an apocalyptic meltdown of the world, and now it's a dystopian society. And it's a JRPG? Uh-huh. Fuck yeah. That's, that's what I'm talking about. It's like sounds like Space Jam Final Fantasy. That's basically what it is. Oh. Yes, that's exactly what it is. You uh you like recruit like a gnome alien whose skin is made of basketball. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Wow. That's what we should be making. 
So anyway, so, speaking yeah. of narratives, yeah. So what about those stories intrigue you? Uh, well, I like how, like you said, there is a measure of player autonomy that you don't get in other mediums, right? So, like, in, in a movie or in a book, you don't get to have that kind of interaction, that kind of, you know, manipulation, let's say, of the story from the perspective of the character, right? Uh, so, because you have this ability to go around and, like, kind of explore... You get to see different aspects of the world than if you were just looking through, let's say, a television, like a video where it's just showing you the perspective of the camera and it's going from one thing to another, right? You can kind of look where you want to look and kind of investigate deeper things. So, like, for example, you have side quests, you have, you know, different character arcs, stuff like that, where you get to kind of learn about the world more deeply uh, than... If it were some exposition, some backstory in a book or in, or in a movie. Sure, sure. But, like, I can play, like, Call of Duty and get me some nice, clean exposition. Oh, for sure. So what for What sure. about this game is unique to, like, I don't know what, what people might be more familiar with playing, like, a Call of Duty campaign or something. Or a Halo campaign uh, or well, whatever. Well, for one, they tend to be a lot longer. Uh, I mean, these they stretch them out, right? So what you tend to have, you tend to have more, more kind of, I feel, well, I also can't speak too much on, on first-person shooters, right, because I don't play a lot of sure. first-person shooters. But uh, from what I understand, you tend to have a lot more, like, content on in story that is not particularly focused on, like, objectives, right? So... You, you have more branching stuff. So let's say, like, The Witcher. You know The Witcher? Witcher 3. Mm-hmm. Let's say I actually didn't finish the game. But, but did you have sex it, on a unicorn? Uh, I did not. Then you didn't even, then the you didn't even list, play though, the game. On the bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> no, but from, from, from what I've played of the game, uh, that's a good example, uh, you're not really, you're not going from point A to point B, really. Right, the whole process of the game is you becoming, uh, in a sense, you taking upon yourself this character uh, in a, I I hate to say it in a deeper way, but in a way that is more, it brings out, uh, like, uh, what's the word? It sounds like there's more opportunity to learn about the character than there yeah, would be in these other more, games. There's more stuff. I hate to use the word stuff, but because <laughs> it's so it's a big word, right? Um, but there's there are more opportunities uh, to learn about world lore, to learn about the character uh-huh. themselves. Uh, at a lot more, I guess, just like space to work with. Yeah, yeah. So you like uh, these games because, where you get to like really experience more of the world in the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's more drawn out. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not necessarily the world. Like in a game like Persona where it's kind of like in a real world location, it becomes more about uh, the characters. Right, and the character and development. More about, yeah, more about like learning things about the characters and there's also uh, sometimes like a collection aspect to things. Like, you know, Pokemon, you gotta catch them all, right? It's, there's a lot of things like that where it's like, oh, it, and that's not just JRPGs, but it is 
very uh, prominent is there's usually some sort of collection mechanic where you right. got, got to collect all of a certain thing or, or multiple of a certain thing, let's say. Uh, in Persona, it would be to fill the Persona Compendium, or in Pokemon, the Pokedex, or in... In, I guess in The Witcher it would be Gwent cards. Sure, right. right. There's uh, these like there's enough space in the game to even have these side mechanics that could provide you with yeah. some interest beyond just the main scope of the game. And sometimes the side the side objectives can take more. Uh, like sometimes you get drawn into the side mechanics so much that you like lose sight of the main story, right? Sure, that could totally uh, happen with Gwent in The Witcher Three or other side mechanics exactly, of games I've played. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, The Witcher isn't a JRPG, no. it's just an RPG, but the RPGs and JRPGs are basically, they have the same, like, underbelly, the same roots, right? The only real, I mean, the JRPGs have some defining, like, characteristics, right. one being they're from Japan, yeah. generally. Usually uh, turn-based combat. Turn-based combat, uh, dungeons, stuff like that. Right. Uh, but story-wise, they're pretty similar to regular RPGs. Uh, they follow, like, usually, like, an, kind of a story arc. You have a couple different story arcs that you kind of jump across until you get to, like, the final, you know, quote-unquote true ending. And that's something that's also kind of a JRPG thing, is, like, true ending. Cool. Right? Yeah, that's great. So... Um, I don't know, Anthony. What do you think? I I know let that me, let you me say something. You're yeah, really big, not an RPG person, right? So so like, so. What does this say so, to you? Now I don't. Now I'm not. Um, and that is in large part the time investment required to jump into RPGs in general, JRPGs and RPGs, uh, is is quite frankly a barrier for me when I'm deciding to get into the uh, experience. However, however, when I was a kid. I played the shit out of Final Fantasy. I played Final Fantasies 3 through 10. Um, and I enjoyed them thoroughly at the time. Now, at that time, I had plenty of time to kill, right? It was just like, I'm, I seriously, this was up until Halo 1, and Halo 1 came in 2000. So I was like 10 or younger playing uh-huh. these Final Fantasies. Um, and I wanted to touch on what you just said about the side mechanics. So in Final Fantasy 7, I didn't end up, Actually, that's not true. I beat Final Fantasy VII eventually, but for a long time, I just chocoboed raced the shit out of that game. Sure. I didn't play the game at all. I just went for like trying to level up the chocobos, like breeding right. them. I don't remember exactly how that worked. In Final Fantasy VIII, I didn't beat the game. I just got to a point where I was playing the card game all the <laughs> time, and I stopped. And uh, in Final Fantasy X... I got to a place where I was playing the water ball blitz game, uh, blitz you know, ball, where you're right? like in a big, Isn't that what it's called? yeah, which was fucking cool by the way. I loved it. Um, and I, I remember I was going up a like snowy mountain, and there's a checkpoint, and I just never passed that checkpoint. I just kept playing blitz ball, and I never finished the game. That's so amazing. For me, um, I actually because we're talking about stories, and you're saying you like the JRP. From my perspective, the stories in the JRP in Final Fantasy, for in particular, just like I, I was always like, "Let's go!" You know, like the fuck are we doing? Like, uh, we're doing all this side stuff. Like, let's move. You know, like let's go the story. And for me, that's that's how I felt about the story. I still played the game because I enjoyed like the game, uh, the leveling up of your characters, and the I loved getting new summons, and those were badass and shit. But um, I I really appreciate that about the games that I've played. I'm thinking of like the 
most impactful game store I played recently, Red Dead 2 is probably the 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 best game that I experienced, even though most of it was just watching my wife play it. Um, and that one was pretty long. Um, no, that's an RPG. It's an AR. Yeah, that's, oh, yeah that, that was a pretty long one. Yeah. So uh, that's a good, but that's a good example. I would, I don't think I would have ever played Red Dead if it was just my choice. It was because Brittany was playing it. It was on at our house that I like got invested in it. Um, so yeah, there's just it, the game has to be able to move through story beats in the amount of time that I can allot in a particular session for a game. Like, right, it's hard to play a game for like two hours and have nothing narratively happen and feel like yeah. it was worth your time. I, I totally feel you on that. I've been that's playing through I'm, Death Stranding recently, which is sort of an RPG. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know if it, well, it's, it, well, it's a Strand-type game, as we all know. It's a Strand-type oh, game. And that game, like, the cutscenes are super long, and so to, like, I really feel, I know when I'm turning it on, I'm committing to at least an hour, if not more. Like, I, because, because not only do you, like, have these long cutscenes, but you can't save during them, so I need to watch them. So I know, like, I at least need to wait till I can uh, play again to save, and that could be like thirty to forty-five minutes because cutscenes can be that long. Yeah, no. It's... Well, you were wa- the other day. You were streaming it in the server, <laughs> and we were watching this. Like, th- I mean, that cutscene was very compelling, right? But it was like a a movie. Like I was watching yeah. a movie. Um. And I was th- I, after it finished. I even messaged him like, "Was that like a thirty-minute cutscene? Like legit?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yup, <laughs> yeah." And it's crazy, right? Because last week I was shitting on cutscenes, right? To go from yeah. last week shitting on cutscenes to like being a super hypocrite and playing like the cutscene game, Death Stranding, is so funny. But I think when cutscenes are done this well as they are in Death Stranding, and the other gameplay is such a huge contrast from what's like presented in those cutscenes, it, it really works for me at least. Yeah. But I also love walking simulators and just like experiencing cool environments. And that's a lot of what Death Stranding is about. So, Josh, I wanted to ask you on that front that we're talking about, like how the the time investment required to kind of move through the story sometimes when you sit down to play a JRPG in any given any given day. What's the average amount of time that you're, you know, you're going to play that part in that particular session that your average jrpg session is going to last or even how long do you have to play to feel satisfied with your session so yeah this is actually i was actually talking about this somewhere recently uh so i will not sit down and play a long form game unless i know that i have at least two hours free that is like my my minimum right that's my minimum for uh, because because I know that if I actually want to finish the game, uh, I need to be able to progress, right? And I don't... I, I try to get stuff done efficiently, I guess. I know that if I'm popping in and out of the game multiple times, if I play for, like, four half-hour sessions, I'll be like, okay, where am I? Mm. What was I doing? So I don't want to go through that, you know, in a sense, overhead of trying to remember what I was doing before uh, in order to continue. So I try to make my sessions as long as possible. And that also helps me get through, uh, like, for example, when I was playing Persona 4, I was just playing Persona 4 Golden just released on PC not that long ago. Uh, I would not sit down unless I felt that I had the time to get through an entire dungeon, uh, or the section before dungeon, so it's, like, split into, like, I, what I'll do is I'll play a dungeon one day, and then I'll play a different day, I'll play, like, this, uh, all of the days between that dungeon and, like, the start of the next dungeon. Okay. Right? So there's a calendar system. 
in, uh, in Persona 4, and I will try to get all of the dungeoning done in quote-unquote one calendar day, which will be one play session for me, and all of the other calendar days in another play session. That's so funny. Uh, yeah, I've played like three hours of that game already, and I don't even think I'm at the part where it like starts becoming an alternation between dungeons and that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, it's a pretty long game. I think I have... I beat the game, and if I can pull up Steam real quick, I can say, I've played it at 68 hours. That's actually pretty fast, yeah. because it's the fourth time or fifth time I've played the game. Wow. So, I knew what I was doing. Uh, but yeah, you could easily spend 100 hours on that game if you're, like, taking your time and, like, not doing every dungeon. Like, it's almost... I tend to speedrun dungeons because I don't feel like spending a lot of time grinding. Uh, I don't like to do that if I can avoid it. I mean, there's a certain amount of grinding that you can't, you know, avoid. Right. But I try to limit myself. Because I, I do think, like what you said, if you spend too much time uh, doing, like, filler stuff in between story beats, it almost feels like it's not worth it, right? So what I'll try to do is I'll try to pace myself in such a way that I will get at least some chunk of story in any playthrough. Or not in play three, in any play any play session. Yeah, that's uh, like what I was saying. Can I ask you a question? I got to be able to move through a beat of the story at least on a sit down, yeah. and it's I it like it sounds silly because <laughs> like the other day, for example, I wanted to just jump into Halo Three, give it a shot on PC. I uh, thought I'd play a few games, and then fucking two and a half hours later. I, you know, I went to bed at six in the morning because I just couldn't stop playing Halo 3 on PC, which is fucking awesome, by the way, and for those who are listening, it's so good. But anyway, that's, that's, that, that's, that hits your quota, you know, of a couple of hours. If it's just not the same in my brain to be like, I am allotting two hours to move through the story, or I'm just, I'm going to play some, you know, Rocket League, I'm going to play some Halo or something. Right. There's a big difference between what the consideration for playing like 10, five minute or, like, I guess, like, 25-minute games is versus playing one two-hour game, right? It's, like, it's very strange that that causes such a major mental disconnect, and I think that happens for tons of people. Definitely happens for me, too. You know, um, in their book, Characteristics of Games, I, I'm struggling to remember the author, they actually talk about that the playtime is in their, you know, the, these are people with decades of experience. One guy's from Wizards of the Coast. I can't remember the other guy. Rock, Garfield? Richard Garfield. Yes. Uh, anyway, they, that uh, playtime is uh, was one of, if not the biggest consideration players had going into a game on whether they were going to play it or not. I look and, up playtime for every game I think about really? buying. Oh, every single yeah. player game I think about buying on Steam before I buy it. Yes. It's important to know so you can pace yourself. Yep. Yeah, because I, I, I just want to know going in what what to expect, right? Like. And you know what? This touches on perfectly something that we asked our audience on Twitter um yeah let's let's get to some feedback we have about 10 minutes left so i think we should yeah, talk yeah about we, feedback. we talked a little bit about uh and and kind of threw out some stories on instagram but this notion of um we know that triple a game prices are about to rise up to 70 bucks and we asked the community like would you prefer that instead of just continuing to increase scope on these triple a experiences that triple a studios would instead just cut scope maybe give you something like a 15 to 20 hour experience instead of like a 40 plus hour experience at 70 bucks and maybe sell it at 40 dollars and come out every three years instead of every five plus years and um the feedback on twitter was more uh was overwhelmingly 
I'd prefer some shorter experiences. I wouldn't mind that. On Instagram, it was actually opposite. Instagram was saying mostly that they felt that they would prefer to wait longer and that they had the notion, several people pointed out that they felt that a $70 experience that took five plus years to make was going to be better. Like it's going to be a higher quality. Um, that's a whole other thing that we can talk about. Right, right. a yeah. huge psychological issue with people equating game length to game quality. Yeah, and generally, right, people just equating my investment into something with quality, right? right. Like I'm it's more expensive, more it, it must so it be better. Be, yeah. Yep, and uh, that's a whole other thing we can talk about before. But like, I I would love that, quite frankly. I uh, th- this is something that I'm excited about in these upcoming gameplay um, experiences. Um, that I'm about to have playing through some of these indie games and whatever, I'm looking forward to the fact that they are not that long. You know what I'm, if that makes sense. I'm excited to like move through a bunch of experiences more so than there's very few worlds that I like want to get lost in. Like I'm hoping Halo Infinite has an open world element to it because I just want to go around a ring. I want to see where the Forerunners fucking like fought the flood and shit because I love that universe, right? But outside of that, I don't really have. Like, I, I don't want to. I would prefer to have, like, I, I think the thing, this is, and this was what I was going to also ask you, Josh, because uh, my experience of the JRPGs was that the stories weren't as impactful as some of the other games I've played, like from an emotional punch, if you will. And maybe it's just because where they were, they just couldn't communicate. I don't know, whatever. But uh, I, that's what I prefer. I prefer, like, a strong moving experience. Maybe it's short. Um, like Ori was one where it's like it didn't even have much, but it was like a very emotional entry, like especially the beginning of Ori. And like I'll prefer that, like a short, strong experience over like a long time in a kind of meh narrative scene. What do you think about Yeah, that's actually that actually reminded me of uh something that I was it was actually a while back that I was talking about something, but uh, short form television shows versus long, uh, long like multiple seasons television shows, right? Uh, and how, like, uh, we were talking specifically about anime. Uh, and my friend uh, does not touch anything that's over thirteen to twenty something episodes. Uh, and I have always been like a big fan of long running shows, like. Uh, like Naruto or One Piece, that sort of thing, where they have lots and lots and lots of episodes, right? And I think part of it has to do with when you're younger, you have a higher tolerance for kind of sitting through longer or going through more stretched out things. Like you were saying, when you were younger, you had the, like, more patience to, like, go into, like, little aspects of games and stick in them for a long time. Uh, I know when I started playing games, I mean, I must have played, I don't even know how many, like, hundreds of hours of Pokemon, just replaying the same game over and over again, because it was the only game I had. So, like, part of is, like, as we get older, uh, we have less free time, right? So we tend to want to have shorter and more compelling experiences that we can have in our time frames. Uh, I think that there are benefits to that. I think that you can uh, many times have more impactful uh, stories when they're told all at once because you don't have dead time in between. Right? Um, 
However, if you have a more spread out narrative, you have more time to interact with and get to know individual characters. Uh, like, for example, uh, in Persona 4, uh, you could probably get through the entire story without... I mean, you actually can't, because you're going to end up doing it on the side, but so like exploring social links and exploring uh, relationships with your friends uh, in the game and pulling out the stories in, in those kind of quote, kind of side quests, but not really side quests, the social element, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that is more rewarding than the actual storyline of the game because you get to kind of you, you get to know these characters. And I feel like in a lot of RPGs or JRPGs, the story is a big is a big deal, right? You want the story. The story has to be good. But what makes the story good isn't necessarily the... I don't want to say the story itself, so much as the attachment you have to the world and the characters that you develop over being in that system for such a long time. I yeah. think there's a big difference between, um, like... Like the Halo esque Call of Duty, you know, campaign style games that have like about like you know an eight to twelve hour campaign, where I th- I would equate that more to like watching like an action movie, right, or something like that, where it's these set piece events that are really driving the story, right? It's these huge like climactic moments that drive those stories, and I think that appeals to a lot of people, especially like in the modern world, people love that shit, right? But the thing about these long-form uh, media, especially video games, is th- this character familiarity and this character like attachment is something that I think, unless you experience playing games like that and like you focus on them for that reason, you won't really understand that it's like possible to have that like that kind of development of characters, especially just because people are so used to these things where like, oh yeah, you saw this guy's like mom got killed and there you go. That's his character. He's the mom got killed guy, right? And then this guy is the, oh, he's the like comedic dude on the side who sometimes does, tr- causes trouble, right? Like that, that is like the biggest extent that a lot of these campaigns give you on the development of these characters. And that's enough because they're driven by set pieces. But yeah, games like The Last of Us, as Sansquid says in chat, is a game that sticks around for a while. And so you get a lot of development of those characters. That game focuses almost exclusively on character development. And that's why it was able to provide this sort of character familiarity in such a short term experience compared to like a JRPG, for example, because literally a hundred percent of that game, all of the like story content is character development and just two characters being developed rather than like a whole slew, which are usually the members of like these campaign style games. Yeah. I think that's a good point what you just said about like unless you go into into those experiences sort of looking for that or trying to focus on it um, cuz I that exp- like my favorite Final Fantasy character was Cloud but that was mainly just because Cloud I think was it, it similar in like honestly to like Master Chief like they're just kind of empty shells and like you were experiencing the world like through them and I I like that 
in my main protagonist, I guess. Uh, <laughs> at, so I think, yeah, you're definitely like one of these people who are driven by these event, like set piece driven stories. And you love that because you're a hype man. Like you love hype, right? And it's this like long form slog, not really a slog, but for you, it would probably feel like a slog where you're just like seeing like rudimentary daily activities between these characters probably wouldn't excite you as much. But for someone who like really wants to get to know every single character at the deepest level they could. So like you could basically feel like if you met them in real life, you would be like their best friend or whatever, or like familiar enough with them to know everything, like who they are as a person is like what I think people who play these games go into it. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong, Josh, but yeah, uh, basically I'm trying to think of another good example. Uh, Oh, uh, so a game that I played a lot of, uh, was Fire Emblem Awakening. And the Fire Emblem Awakening is actually not a long game, uh, comparatively. Uh, I could pull up the time, but I'm sure, I mean, it's, I mean, I could play through that game in like a couple days. Uh, but what it had going for it, uh, was this, uh, character support system where you would, after like a few stages of these characters fighting alongside each other, it's a tactical strategy RPG. Uh, like kind of like a chess on like a, almost a chessboard style. Yeah, yeah. it's like a grid based uh, uh, turn based exactly. combat game. Yeah, exactly. Uh, when characters would spend like time playing side by side, they would rank up these support ranks, right? And then you would get a little kind of cutscene uh, with a conversation between those two characters. And there must have been hundreds. Uh, not there wasn't a big roster. But there were lots and lots of conversations. And by viewing all these conversations between uh, each of the characters and your avatar also, although your avatar really wasn't so much of an empty shell so much as a character that you just inhabited, because uh, in that game, Robin, is he has his own personality, right? So he's not really so much of an empty shell character. Um, I think it's rare in RPGs and JRPGs for you to be playing as an empty shell character. That's not really yeah. that common. They, they try sometimes, mm-hmm. uh, but what ends up happening is the story kind of almost forces a certain reaction out of the character, and they can't really be a blank slate because the story needs you to progress in a certain way. Right. Uh, so, yeah. But having all of these conversations makes you really feel like you start to know the characters. Uh, I must have played over a thousand hours of that game mm-hmm. on two different systems. Uh just because I, I loved the game. It was also the first game, the first Fire Emblem game that I played, so it was like a big deal for mm-hmm. me at the time. Uh, but yeah, I mean, th- this is sort of... The story almost takes a side... Like, it's it, it's it's kind of pushed to the side by the characters. Um, I mean, in, in particularly in the games I mentioned, but also... In like I, I mentioned at the beginning, one of my favorite games is Raging Storm, uh, and I love that game because one, I'm a sucker for time travel, and I love being able to go back, but and do things differently. And the game that game has this huge branching paths narrative thing, and I really like it um, while maintaining. Anyways, I'm going to get sidetracked. Uh, you get so much time with each character. And this, I feel like this is a, a JRPG thing, is you get so much time with each character that you really start to appreciate them. Uh, and I, I'm 
not like a huge like like I said, I'm not a huge FPS fan, right? Uh, but I mean, I don't even know how many named characters there are in like say like a Call of Duty or Halo. I can't imagine more than a few. Dozen or even characters. characters whose names you hear more than once. I would say. Right, yeah. Like, yeah. There are characters Maddie, who appear for like one scene, right, and that's their yeah. only that's their only play. I would say yeah. generally so in those when games you, you only have see a character ish characters max. Right. Exactly. Yeah. When you, when you only see a character like once or twice, you don't have the opportunity to. You know, no, it's true. Have that feeling, and right? you like that. You think that's enjoyable, like getting to know. The I, characters, I like right? to get to know characters. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's I cool. I like characterization, and this is the thing. Like, my, I. Like the the avatar character is not like such a huge deal for me. Like I don't need an avatar character. Uh, you mean the person you're playing as? So yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, you don't I say avatar character like slate. empty shell character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What like nameless protagonist or, or voiceless protagonist or whatnot? Song protagonist. That's the word. Uh, I don't need one of those because it it's like it, I, I lose a a slot. For a character that I can see develop, you know what I'm saying? Yep, yep. Uh, a silent protagonist doesn't develop really. Yep, right. If they do develop, they're not silent protagonists. So, um, yeah. Thank you, Josh, for that. Um, I think it's really interesting to oh, hear sorry, about a style of games that we haven't, um, that we haven't played that much of. Um, it's really cool to get to get that perspective, especially just because you know when we talk about live. Like we, we end up repeating a lot of conversations about the same games on the podcast, so it's cool to have you here to talk about some different games. Anthony, do you want to give us maybe one more quick piece of feedback or from uh, from the past week from social media, and we'll just have a quick discussion about it, and then we'll let let everyone go. This yeah, will be a I little think, bit longer one, but I think it'll be okay. I think the the thing I wanted to end on, and I was going to say anyway, was there's a response from Tucker Krause, who uh, has given us a lot of great feedback uh, last couple weeks. Uh, him with Sand Squid, Turtle Fist Pump. The, these guys just keep coming. Mr. Will Bootlin, he's in here. Um, <laughs> Will anyway, Tucker says, <laughs> Tucker says, um, th- and this is what I want to highlight. The cool thing about all of this is that games like other forms of medium offer different options for different people who are looking for different things. Because he says, this was, for, this was in response to the question of would you prefer to have uh, th- four, 15 to 20 hour $40 games that take about 3 years to make that whole thing I talked about, or the $70 long ones. It de- he says, it depends on the game, I'd say. Something like Halo only needs a 10 hour-ish campaign, considering so much fun can be derived from the multiplayer and replaying the campaign. If it's something like a large single-player RPG like Elder Scrolls Six, sure, take your time and make it nice and long. However, sometimes, often in Ubisoft games, the length is padded. So if you're going to have repeatedly similar game loops and grinding like Ghost Recon Breakpoint, then I'd rather it be shorter and funner than longer and padded. So he, uh, yeah, his his point there was that he thinks that different games. Could do di- different kinds of games, could do things in uh, different ways. This is actually, for example, like this is something we can talk about another time. But like do, some of these games that come bundled with multiplayer and campaign, do they have to? You know, could you have just like a Halo story that comes out every two years at some price, and then just have like a kind of running free to play multiplayer? It's a thing that I wonder if we'll start to see in the later generations. But here, the 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 consensus definitely was for anybody who talked about RPG in this response, they all preferred longer, like right. seventy dollars, five plus years. I don't like. There's a. 
I, this again, another thing we talk about, but maybe there's this notion of like the amount of time I spend in it, like the the more it's you know worth, right? So, um, and I'm okay. I think waiting. it depends what you're trying to get out of it, but yeah. So, anyway, point I, um, is, I think that what 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 he said there was really cool and really interesting for sure. That they're for different people. Um, I wanted to touch on one thing he said, which was um, now it's escaping me. Uh, <laughs> some has like multiplayer, like ten hour ish Halo. Uh, can be is oh. fine. Nope, it's gone. <laughs> Elder Scrolls Six is fine. Make it big and long. Oh, right. the the game padding. Oh, Ubisoft. That, Ubisoft yeah. game padding. Yes, yes, yes. This reminds me of how literally in Assassin's Creed, I think it was Origins or Odyssey, there was a microtransaction where you could buy time savers that would make the game take less time because they would like give you extra experience or some shit. What the fuck? Ugh. Yeah. The the that ultimate the mad. pinnacle of Yikes. of of uh. Of game padding. Imagine, imagine making your game so fun <laughs> that people would pay you to skip to parts. play less of it. Well, fuck, right. dude. This is what I thought about Destiny. Like, if I have to pay you money to get the good guns because all the shit before sucks, then your game sucks. Anyway, sorry, that was a, <laughs> this is a quick side rant. And we'll end on that one. So where can people <laughs> find us, Anthony? Uh, you can find us at our website, kalekoalaentertainment.com. There you have links to all our social media, Instagram, Twitter, uh, all the, those places. You can find us at kalekoala underscore ENT. We've been talking it up on Twitter recently. So if you want to get involved, get in, get in with the memes, uh, get uh, involved with our Halo hype, Halo Infinite campaign teaser is going to be coming out this week so you can expect a bunch of shit on that uh on top of that you can find us uh on discord so at kokoalaentertainment.com or in the links to our social media you'll find a link tree there you can go to our website and get a link to the discord or from the link tree go to discord uh come in do some research begin to participate in the universe of our as, game as relic says in the prices. chat soon we'll be releasing microtransactions to boost research he says he'll give us five dollars for a hundred thousand research um <laughs> i mean we do like to give the fans what they want i'm just kidding there's so. no way that's happening but maybe maybe look for in the future some of our wallas to start being maybe worth some research or other things that you can do to gain research that are not paying us money. If you want to pay us money, you can go to our merch store and get something in return for your money. Uh, that yeah. being said, stay tuned on that front. We uh, we do have some news in the pipeline for that. But yeah, go to our website, kaokoalaentertainment.com. There you can find links to everything. Join the Discord. We do giveaways on the Discord. At We give you stuff for participating in your universe. Sorry, but that is like the coolest thing any studio has ever done. <laughs> Just, Dang. Uh, the call and, out. Yeah. Bang. Alright, thank you so much for joining us, Josh. I, I think we'll probably have Josh on some random future podcasts. I, I don't know if... Yeah, we'll, we'll have Josh on whenever <laughs> we feel like it would be cool to yeah get his opinion on it. Especially once we get him a mic or a webcam from this century. <laughs> Dude, I have my fucking cam link for Canon set up. It looks fire. But uh, why, why are you using it? Well, dude, I got my mic fucked. I got everything <laughs> got all screwed up. Tune in next, next week for a beautiful Anthony face, hopefully. Ooh. All right. Ooh. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening. See you. Right. See ya. See ya. What? Wait. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> oh wait
Yeah, I, I came back because I was like, wait, are we actually leaving? I need, actually, I need to press uh, the yeah. stop button here. Uh, uh -huh. 